It turns out when he's not sending unsolicited dick pics to people, he's... Nobody expects the dismal science! Welcome to another exciting episode of Nobody Expects the Dismal Science. I'm George. And I'm recently back from a much-needed vacation in New York, where I got to see the greatest franchise in all of sports history, the New York Metropolitans. And they were very, very, very Mets when uh, I happened to see them. And uh, yeah, they, in my short stay in New York, they managed to lose the division title. And then they played a wild card game that um, before I had showed up, looked very improbable that they're going to need to play. Not a wild card game, a wild card series. And that was kind of nice because I got to go see them on my birthday play a uh, home playoff baseball game. And they got absolutely crushed in that. <laughs> awesome. And it wasn't just like a, a crushing um, that like happened over the game. No, it was like they immediately got the shit kicked out of them and it wasn't a close game at any point. <laughs> I mean, as a Lions fan, that's got to just give you a nostalgia, you know, just make you feel right at home. Exactly. Um, they did manage to win one playoff game while I was in New York, which is hilarious um, because I, I had to look it up just to see how horrible our Detroit franchises were. I believe off the top of my head, the last time... Of any Detroit team won a playoff game. It was the Red Wings in 2016, and they haven't made the playoffs since. Um, and then it was like the Pistons in 2008, uh, the Tigers in like 2013, and the Lions. Well, lol. <laughs> no, it's like 1993 or something. It's the only one they ever won. So I think, yeah, it was a long, <clears throat> long time ago. Before my lifetime, the Lions have still not won a playoff game, and they're not going to this year, although. Um, I did, I mean, I mentioned they'd be a fun team to watch this year, and going into last week, they did have the number one scoring offense in the NFL, and their defense uh, was the number 32 scoring defense, so a lot of points in Lions games. Um, yeah, it makes it exciting, until, right? Until until last week, they played the, the third-string quarterback rookie for the New England Patriots, and they got shut out to like 29-0 or something. Thankfully, that was like horrible game i didn't have to watch a moment of but uh yeah that's pretty much what i expected so speaking of football how about that uh that brett Favre fellow it turns out when he's not sending unsolicited dick pics to people he's uh committing significant welfare fraud it's just it's just incredible like i mean he's what uh, in the in the range of hundred millionaire and like the only thing he's got is his legacy, and what what are you doing, guy? Like what? Like this is, like was it boredom? Like it 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 can't be the money. Like it's not. I mean, it is. I mean, it was a couple million dollars, but I mean, like for a couple million dollars, he could like keep his reputation intact and maybe not go to jail. Like what are you doing, guy? Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but Brett Favre is kind of not a good dude. <laughs> yeah, but nobody knows that he's not a good dude. Until he, like, literally puts it on the biggest fucking megaphone he can find. It's like, hey, you guys, I'm super not a good dude. I just wanted you all to know that. So, like, my favorite thing, um, well, I, I, think, I think, first of all, you have to consider that in his defense, he kind of has such severe concussions, he barely even knows what's going on anymore. At least that's the, <laughs> that's the feeling I get when he's, like, made an appearance on anything ever. But um, so you're saying he's going to run for Senate? 
I mean, yeah, it didn't really stop Herschel Walker now, has it? <laughs> For those who don't know, Herschel Walker is the former running back who seems to have a million children. Um, and like what? Did he have like secret abortions too or something like that? Or is yeah, it just- it's it's funny because he, he denies it, except that they've got a $700 check signed by him and a get well soon card that basically says, thanks for getting an abortion, boo. And, <laughs> and the receipt for the abortion that happened like three days after he sent the check. So, I mean, it's really, I don't know who keeps those kind of things, but it's really, really damning. Yeah, maybe somebody who didn't you keep that receipt um because you probably didn't care for getting an abortion and the events leading up to it that's just my guess well yeah it's just in the the odd event that somebody denies that it happened you got got the receipts on this one yeah exactly so i wanted to get into um well do we really even talk about what far did exactly all right no no, and, and people may not be completely uh, uh, specified on the specifics. Um, my understanding is uh, you miss, which is his alma mater. Um, he was trying to get funds for it. And so he was uh, they've got texts from him basically coordinating all of this, trying to get welfare funds to go to a volleyball court. Yeah, his uh, Southern Mississippi University. Um, where isn't is it? Is it- just their volleyball program or was it like his daughter was playing there or something too or was it uh i don't i I think the specific allegations are that there was like two million dollars going to build a new volleyball court using welfare funds to build you know a volleyball court at a university um that's uh pretty harsh and then there there was you know texts with like kickbacks and stuff like that half a million dollars um yeah it was uh it's a real it looks real bad like real 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 like, real real bad the best part of it is um it far like they have the text of him like coordinating this too and he's basically saying in the text like hey we're committing crimes right can we make sure that there's no way that they can find out we're committing crimes <laughs> like yeah totally <laughs> oh here, here's the ones i've seen him. he's far texted um to who is this nancy new i don't she's she's like someone who's working with tornado he said if you were to pay me is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much and then she responded no we have had uh we have never had that information publicized i understand you're you being uneasy about it um that's great but um oh yeah so it was it was um his daughter she played volleyball there before she she transferred out of there as a grad student um, this past year. So that, that was his personal connection too, just beyond it being like his alma mater or whatever. But um, the other thing is like the state audit uh, that was like looking over all these suspect funds. Um, so I'm, they, they found that um, they had also paid Favre $1.1 million in TANF funds. And which for those who don't know TANF, that's food stamps, not a, uh, you probably shouldn't be using state's food stamp money uh, to pay football players anything, but they gave Favre $1.1 million in TANF funds to uh, make promotional ads and speaking appearances that the state auditor said Favre never made. So they just gave him that's even It's even better that they, they, they paid him for something he didn't do. <laughs> that's, but, that's fantastic. Yeah, like the, the only good news is like after the, that – the audit like they demanded the money to repay it and they did get it back 
Um, but they still say that they he, he still owes them like a few hundred thousand dollars in interest payments or something, which Good is probably true. Yeah. And then there's also like, you know, um, he's, yeah, like go figure. Uh, the dude who said, was it just the one reporter we know about or is it multiple? Uh, I don't remember. It was all like pre me too, but uh, he was just like sending his dick. He was married at the time too, to like random reporters and things. Um, in a way that was not uh, well received. So Brett Favre, good football player, uh, very not good person, um, which, you know, <laughs> and then I, I, I don't have anything uh, more to say about him other than I hope his severely concussed brain commits uh, fewer acts of scumbaggery in the future. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to be harder and harder for him to, to continue to commit scumbaggery. Um, I don't know what's up with friggin'. I guess celebrities just go nuts about their kids when they go to college. Yeah, I guess. And like, I hate Aaron Rodgers too, but like, at least, at least he's just kind of like a hippy dippy kind of crazy person. He's not just like an actual like scumbag human being that does this sort of thing. I don't know. Give him 20 years. We'll see what happens. He's too busy like eating clay with his girlfriend and like other weird stuff like that. Uh, Whatever. Hosting Jeopardy. But yeah, speaking of fraud, um, the, um, the New York Times uh, recently had a, a segment about how easy it was to commit fraud uh, with, you know, um, uh, pandemic funds. Um, basically, early on, you could you could ask for ten grand, and they wouldn't even check. And there were there were YouTube videos explaining exactly how to commit this fraud. Um, and people were doing it 40 or 50 times because if you ask for a low enough amount, it's that there's, there's literally just no oversight whatsoever. Um, and this is really bad. Like I actually don't have a problem because, you know, we had a pandemic and uh, a, a very big emergency, but this is yet again, part of why I'm more toward the UBI stuff is I would much rather just give the money to people say, this is yours free and clear than people committing fraud to get it um it breaks down society it you know degrades society this is you know what this is the main problem with so many nations around the world is you have a a culture of grift where everybody knows that you can't get things by working hard and doing the right thing you have to know somebody and you have to cheat and building that kind of culture where cheaters win and where there's you know built into the system uh just ways to cheat that are just obvious and ubiquitous. Um, and some of these people are getting arrested, but it's really only the really big ones. The, a lot of the small timers who only did one $10,000 check or only, you know, you know, only, only lightly frauded, they're, they're going to get away with it. And this is, I, I just think it's so bad for, for, you know, how the country works. It, it ruins our, um, you know, our trust in each other and in institutions and, and create so much cynicism. Um, I really, really hate it. I, I really wish they would have just given money to people rather than, you know, set up convoluted systems where they don't have the proper oversight to actually be able to manage it because managing it would mean that the money wouldn't get out fast enough and wouldn't do enough. But there were other options such as just fucking giving everybody money. Um, yeah, and I, I want to know your thoughts on that. This that's kind of like the big trade-off. Um, like, do you do you have something that's a responsive reaction to 
an extremely high amount of uncertainty like we had in the beginning of the pandemic? Or uh, do you have something that is more restrictive? It's, it's better able to reduce fraud, et cetera. Because like, this isn't the first time we've covered PPP fraud and there's been like other studies here um, discussing the same sort of thing. But the, the the whole situation also too is it's like it's not like the United States is the only country or even like the only major developed Western country where this is an issue. But when you don't have the state capacity where you can fairly readily track incomes and whatnot in relative real time, like we we pass like we we do payroll every few weeks and stuff. Like we know. We, we more or less know on a consistent basis how much money is coming in and going out um, for most businesses. The fact that there isn't like any sort of system or database of this uh, where the government can see it in, in real time too, so that these funds could perhaps be more um, properly responsive at a time where there are like significant changes to um, those sort of cash flows. Um, so this this funding can be kind of more better directed. Well, this is this is the downside of that. And you know, has there been any real major significant adjustment or, or pushes to try to change that administratively to increase the, the U.S. estate capacity to track that sort of information? No. Um, and that's that's my point. Is if this if you if you don't make a plan, you know, you're basically planning to fail. And we know this is an issue now. And either we set set you know some kind of institution up to manage that in the future, whether it's through the banks or um, you know whatnot. Uh, then next time, I just I just don't see see that. I I can't imagine that gets used again. And I I would hope that part of broadcasting this and you know uh, New York Times broadcasting is to let people know that we can't do it this way again. This isn't a thing that can happen. So either we have to just go broad based. Everybody gets some money, and we'll hope that it finds its way to where it's needed. Or we have to set up much more robust institutions so that, um, you know, we can get that money out in a way that isn't, you know, insanely riddled with fraud. You want to talk about Ukraine? I hear they have some sort of fights going on over there or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, still happening for those who, who haven't been keeping up. Um, still going on. The Ukrainians are kind of winning all over the place, mostly in the, the north and near Kursan. Um, uh, they uh, put a big hole in uh, uh, the bridge that connects Crimea to uh, to Russia that was built in 20... Well, it was finished in like 2018 um, after the Russians illegally annexed uh, Crimea. Um, that is going to hurt supplies going into Crimea, which is, is good. Um, you notice the difference between, you know, that that explosion killed three people, was done at night, was done, you know, when basically nobody was around. And then, you know, the Russian response is to hit basically all civilian targets across the country with everything that they have. Um, I mean, it's it's a, a crazy picture when you see the crater that's literally in a in a playground, in a friggin children's playground like this is. um Yeah, they're. Who are who are the good guys? It's pretty obvious. And the Russians just had a blue on blue attack um, at a training facility. Um, apparently, like fifteen, no, ten dead, fifteen injured. Um, 
things are are really not going well. And I, I really think that Putin, I mean, obviously he screwed all this up, but I think it was just a, a insane miscalculation. Even if things had gone completely his way, um, making, so the Russians against the U.S., obviously they lose. But if the Russians were against the U.S., they would go after our satellites. They would, you know, try and undermine all of our intelligence capabilities. Because this is a proxy war where the U.S. is just supplying and advising Ukraine, the U.S. gets to use all of its best assets, all of its, um, you know, all of its satellites, intel, and, you know, basically hand that stuff over to the Ukrainians who don't have to manage it, who don't have to monitor it. And those capabilities were honed, you know, in the Iraq and, and Afghan wars to where they are you know, absolutely pinpoint. That was our, our biggest asset was being able to manage drones, being able to manage satellites, being able to, to, you know, look at a location for hours and see a little tiny change that happened and then go back in time to find where somebody placed an explosive device. You know, these are things that, that we got incredibly good at. And Russia, you know, doing a war where we are involved but aren't tacit, um, it's it's just insane. There's almost no way for them to win because we have, uh, compared to them, unlimited resources. But it's not our bodies that are getting in the the fight, and we already have, you know, all of those people are just sitting at command posts. Now that the Afghan war is not uh, over, they have nothing else to do but you know friggin' zoom in on Ukraine and see where all the Russian troop emplacements are, and tell the Ukrainians to shoot there. Um, so there's. There's no way for Russia to win. And Putin's in... Yeah, go on. At least there's no way for Russia to win anything that it was hoping for when it launched this operation. I, I, I think they lose what they, what they had before they launched the operation. Um, at this point, I don't think there's any way... It's tough because, you know, you want to try to give them something. And I don't know. I mean, my thoughts at this point are closer to, hey, we'll let you, you know evacuate all of your Russians who, you know, you thought were being persecuted and uh, that way that they won't be persecuted. And, uh, you know, you will have saved them from, you know, the, the Nazis in, in Ukraine. You know, they can they can all evacuate. You know, you you came in and you got them, guys. So you go go ahead, get them, get them all out of there that way that they're saved from us. And then we'll take all the fucking land back, you assholes. <laughs> like, I think that's like the, the the closest he can get to, you know, claiming victory because he's not going to win. Like, it's it's super over. Um, the only thing he can hope for is time. But I think time always favors the defender, um, especially if they're not going to run out of resources. And it just doesn't look like they're going to run out of resources. Certainly not with all the help they're getting from nato in various capacities but yeah, these I mean, these strikes too like i hadn't seen the the image of the just massive crater next to this children's playground it's very typical but i'm looking at like some of the civilian targets that were hit by these missile strikes there's like multiple ukrainian museums especially like around the kiev area and stuff but apparently samsung's ukraine headquarters was damaged in the attack the german embassy was in kiev was also damaged by it apparently the um the moldova's pissed off too because some of these missiles um went straight through moldovan airspace which go figure the russians don't seem to respect that for whatever reason 
Now let this uh, be uh, just the beginning of a very unexpected Moldovan invasion of Russia for violating their, their territorial integrity. That'd be hilarious. It is funny because there's like three or four times as many Russian soldiers in Moldova as there are Moldovans in the military in Moldova. Um, so th that'll be exciting to see if it does happen. Yeah, I've done it on EU4 before. There you go. Hey, you know, so it's possible. Um, <laughs> yeah, generally, the, the one getting attacked, um, Ukraine, the, the problem would be that all of their infrastructure is being destroyed, but Russian infrastructure isn't being in destroyed. So they continue to have a capacity to attack. Um, but, you know, the fact that, you know, Ukraine's being supplied by the West they're they're fine and russia is saying you know well you know the u.s is involved it's like well you know is is iran involved is north korea involved you know you you guys are are getting weapons from elsewhere too like it's not like um they're the only ones who are buying weapons for this war but you know putin's got a, a huge problem i mean you you've listened to revolutions um he can't he can't name a successor because um, if he does, for one, the successor might be more popular than him, and so they'll just overthrow him right then. And for two, you know, the successor, th there are lots of people who think they're going to be the successor. As soon as you, you know, name one, that kind of pops that bubble and all the factions start, you know, declaring war on each other, um, creates a, a massive internal dispute. Um, usually revolutions, you know, include, um, you know, some kind of elites that are vying for power and uh yeah you could you could certainly see that and yeah it's it's such a difficult situation how do you how do you get putin out of there i mean yet again ideally you know magic world would be for putin to retire on an island somewhere with you know a few billion dollars and servants and whatever i don't care give him whatever and then his successor to come in and go, okay, well, some people have made mistakes in the past, not me. And uh, we don't think we're going to gain anything else out of this special military operation. So we're going to cease it. Um, that would be great. I, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it sucks. Makes me sad. At least it's not going to happen in Joe Brandon's America. There's been a lot of talks about nukes. And basically what's Petraeus basically said you know exactly what i would have thought um just about i mean that that wasn't exactly what I, I would have thought we would do a smaller response than he was suggesting um but yeah uh well do you have any thoughts on that uh essentially if there is some kind of tactical nuke or something used within ukraine he said that it's possible you know uh the u.s would do uh an aerial assault on all known russian positions it within ukrainian territory um you know, just just as a possibility, my my thought would be, you know, they would, you know, do a a comparable, if not, you know, larger conventional response um, on targets, you know, that make sense um, based on whatever was hit. So, say something, a unit outside of Kherson was hit, we'd hit four or five units, uh, Russian units that are in Kherson in response, and be like, okay, like let's let's not play around with this anymore. Um, do you have any thoughts on the end of the world? I am strongly opposed to the end of the world. That's a brave position. I mean, some people, you know, uh, they go, they go around throwing soup cans on famous paintings. So I know that was so stupid. I I'm, I'm I find it hilarious the coverage. Like it's getting coverage all over the place, which is literally what they want. 
But, like, it's really stupid. It's a couple of fucking teenagers wearing a T-shirt and gluing their hand to the wall like they fucking matter. Um, and apparently people think they matter. Must be a slow news week or something. But it's not a slow news week. Like, what the hell? How are they getting so much freaking coverage? I don't know, but uh, I do know that I intentionally drove my car about 1,000 miles for no reason in particular, and it was just despite those environmentalists. Good work. Thank you. I, I feel better now, at least. Yeah, this is why environmentalists are evil, and, um, you know, uh, don't go throwing soup cans on priceless paintings to save the environment, because that just makes people hate you more. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they did the research. Maybe, you know, Van Gogh was a, a very big gas guzzler. I don't know why they went for that one specifically, but I don't know. <laughs> it's I I just think, you know, in 20 years, they're going to look at that picture and go, oh, man, I was such an idiot when I was a kid. And that that would be the truth. You have anything else for this week? Um, not really. Hey. Do you want, we do want to give a shout out to our Nobel Prize winners, but I think we're just going to save that for a fuller, more comprehensive episode. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We want to we wanna give them their due. But yeah, congrats, guys. You guys did great. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, everyone.